0: good morning and there were people yeah it's like did they all leave no hey I'm glad you're here man uh, it's the last day of January can you believe that we've already almost cruised through a month of 2017 now we get ready for the second month I don't know about you but my first month has been tough of illnesses and deaths and funerals and I want February to be better anybody want to agree with me on that prayer yeah I, I want this one to be full of health and life and vitality I'm going to start a little different than I usually do, okay? Uh, I, I read this thing. I thought it was great because we're going to look at 2 Thessalonians, if you have the Bible. Uh, turn to the third chapter and starting in the sixth verse. But listen to this. I just, it was kind of a, a knock on work, and I like it. All my life I've been looking. Uh, let me begin with this humorous, puny piece about work. All my life I've been working, looking for the perfect job. My first job was working in an orange juice factory, but I got canned I just couldn't concentrate. Okay, if you think this is cheesy, I didn't write it, but I thought it was good. After that, I tried to be a tailor, but I just wasn't suited for it, mainly because it was a so-so job. Next, I tried working in a muffler factory, but that was too exhausting. I managed to get a job, a good job working for a pool maintenance company, but the work was just too draining. I attempted to be a deli worker, but anyway, I sliced it. I couldn't cut the mustard. They really pushed the cheese on that one. Then I worked as a lumberjack, but I just couldn't uh, hack it, so they gave me the axe. So then I got a job as an exercise, at an exercise center, but they said I wasn't fit for the job. So then I became a professional fisherman but discovered that I couldn't live on my net income. And my last job was at Starbucks, but I had to quit because it was always the same old grind. So I retired, and I found that I was perfect for that job. Anyway, some of you are like, I didn't get it. All the older people got it. Okay. Well, today, as I've been reading this section over and over, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15, and a few verses after. He keeps bringing up this word, idle, being idle, idleness, lazy. You're like, oh, no, man, did my mom call you? No, no, your mom didn't call me and i'm going to read it to you out of the message today i just want you to hear it and maybe you're looking there in new king james or niv or nlt or whatever translation you have but i want you to hear this our orders backed up by the master jesus are to refuse to have anything to do with those among you who are lazy and refuse to work the way we taught you don't permit them to be the freeload on the rest we showed you how to pull your weight when we were with you so get on with it we didn't sit around on our hands expecting others to take care of us in fact we worked our fingers to the bone up half the night moonlighting so you wouldn't be burdened with taking care of us and it wasn't because we didn't have a right to your support we did we simply wanted to provide an example of diligence hoping that it would prove contagious don't you remember the rule we had when we lived with you if you don't work you don't eat I'm going to say that one again. If you don't work, you don't eat. And now we're getting reports that a bunch of lazy good-for-nothings we are taking advantage of you. This must not be tolerated. We command them to get to work immediately, no excuses, no arguments, and earn their own keep. Friends, don't slack off in doing your duty. If anyone refuses to obey our clear command written in this letter, don't let him get by with it. Point out such a person who refused to subsidize his freeloading. Maybe then he'll think twice, but don't treat him as an enemy. Sit him down and talk about the problem as someone who cares. May the master of peace himself give you the gift of getting along with each other at all times and always. May the master be truly among you. Eugene Peterson, a Greek scholar. And I read that to you this morning. You can read it for yourself over and over this section And the Apostle Paul is talking to the people at Thessalonica because they've gotten extremely complacent. They've become bored. They've become uh, busybodies. They've become gossips. And so idle that they didn't want to do anything. See, some of them had already claimed as we've been going through the study of 2 Thessalonians that Christ had already come or that he was coming any day. And because they said he was coming any day, they said, then let's quit working. Let's just stop our efforts at doing things let's just wait for Jesus to come so they they were quitting and then they found out that Jesus didn't come back in the second coming as he promised that he would and he will so then they were like freeloading they were taking advantage of the church of the young baby church at Thessalonica I read an interesting story in history on October 22nd 1844 tens of thousands of people in Massachusetts, domed with white robes, climbed mountains or trees to accelerate their ascension to heaven with Jesus. They were expecting his return literally any minute. They were known as the Millerites, followers of William Miller, a Baptist preacher. I'd never heard this. I'd always heard about people wrapping up in a sheet getting on the roof and waiting for Jesus to come and how dumb that was and then I read this week that historically that actually happened to a congregation in 1818 Miller studied the Bible the books of Revelation Daniel and other prophecies and he calculated the end of the world would come October 1844 what I might add is this brother does not know his Bible He could have just read when Jesus says, I don't know when I'm coming. The Father's not revealed it, but he didn't say that. So he set out preaching around the Northeast and even published a book about it in 1831. In 1844, he gathered somewhere between 50 and 100,000 followers to subscribe to this guy's faith. They were excited, restless as October approached. Soon they began to give away their belongings, abandon their crops, and sell their land. Some gave away everything they owned. After all, soon they wouldn't need them. The Lord was coming back and they wanted to be ready. And they were eager to convince others to follow their example to also get ready. Of course, when the Lord didn't return, the result was not only a great disappointment, which it was, but a lot of ridicule by thousands of peoples and friends and family. And they were thrown instantly into poverty, destitution, and ridicule because they didn't know their bible they didn't they didn't do what jesus had told us to continue to work but they were somewhat similar to the situation in the thessalonian church a number of people in thessalonica were convinced of the imminent return of christ and he will come again and the church said he will come he might come this afternoon some of you're saying i hope he comes during this message And he might come next month, and he might come next year, and it might be 100 years from now. I don't know. I'm not going to predict. Nobody's ever going to go on a list and say, our pastor said, in 2017, Jesus is coming back. I don't know. I just don't know. I've read this book many times. I know he's, I don't know. But people were eager to quit their jobs. Now, I'm convinced today in 2017, If you had enough uh, charisma, there would be a group of people that would gather around somebody and said, look, we can all quit our jobs and we can freeload on this thing called the church and they'll take care of us. And so people would take advantage of that. So Paul's trying to not only speak to the people of Thessalonica, he's trying to talk to us today. Be diligent, be faithful, be a hard worker. Do any of you get just tore up when people are lousy, l- l- lousy I don't know what lozy is. They're lazy and they're taking advantage of everybody else. Now, the Bible's very clear. Somebody's disabled, somebody's old, retired, sick, all that. Man, we ought to be the first, the church, and then the government, whatever. We should take care of them. I'm all about that. But when people don't want to work and they just want to freeload and they just want to take advantage of you working, how many of you get excited about you paying the bills for somebody that's fully capable? Doesn't that thrill you? You're like, no. Okay, I got a question. Do y'all work hard for your money? Oh, you don't work hard? Okay. If somebody said no, somebody's like, what do you do for a living? I want to do what you do. It's called work. Okay, so the Lord's return here is, is imminent. He's coming back. But there were these busybodies, and they were sponging off the church. And Paul had had to refute the, the ideologies, the false teachers of the day, the dogma of the day. And in some ways from the the church here in Thessalonians to today, in some ways the church is still kind of lazy and can be idle sometimes and and people don't take full advantage of the opportunities and to exercise what God's given them. Uh, I, I know many of us derive great pleasure from our work and we said, amen? Okay. Do you derive great pleasure from your work? Wow, y'all, y'all really don't like what you do, do you? That, that's, that's scaring me, church. We should be people of the light and of joy and should reflect Christ in the marketplace, in the school. People, should be it should be contagious. I'm not saying you like every, hey, I'm a preacher going, well, why wouldn't you like your work? You get to hang out with us. Well, just thinking. I know, it's awesome. But over 21 years here, I've had some people that didn't think I was awesome. And they told me. Yeah. And, and, and that can be a little painful because I want to be loved. I want to be supported. Do you, I don't care what job you have. Does everybody enjoy every aspect of your job? Of course not. But I hope at the end of the day you go, but Father, thank you for the opportunity, for the gifts, or the abilities that I can do this we still live in a great country don't we folks that we get to choose our occupations and we get to get education we get to get prepared and we get to go do it man i just get excited so here they are undisciplined moochers just right in there the word the word out there on the side moochers you're like i like that word but don't be one <laughs> don't be a moocher i mean you ever had anybody come to your house over and over and over and they mooch your food you're like hey what you bringing oh man i'm just bringing me you eats a lot you need to bring something with you don't be a moocher undisciplined work was a very part of our life since god created us he created us for his pleasure for his goodwill for his glory god created us that we could serve him enthusiastically work is a beautiful thing sometimes people go pastor is you age a little bit when do you think about retirement how many more years all that like, retirement is not in my vocabulary i want to pass out i want to be promoted to glory in the middle of a sermon somebody you're going oh i hope it happens today no 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 but, uh, I mean man, i I want, I want to give my best I, man i want i want to go for christ don't you want to live for christ don't you want your life to count sure you do you're a follower of jesus so here i read this it's interesting Those that retire will work at least 90,000 hours in their life if they work like a 45-year job at least 40 hours a week. And you're going, 40 hours? Man, I work so many. Some of you are like, 40? Man, I work 30. Okay, whatever. The statistic does not include volunteer work, working around the church, working in charitable organizations. It doesn't uh, doesn't involve all the things you do around your house and you do for others. I'm just talking about your vocational job and of course people in this room today there's some that are workaholics and you are so obsessed by that and god might want to deliver you this morning from that and then some are those that are work of a work of a or whatever and they're allergic to work you ever made don't turn anybody and look at them right now many by they're just like man they're allergic like have you ever have you ever been on a job on a crew and there's a big job to be done and you never can find that person just saying and you're like, what is it? Every time we have a task to do, you disappear. And they smile. They've got a spirit of idleness on them, laziness, busybody. And now with social media, it's worse than ever. They can just kind of wall off in their little world and get on their phone. And, and, and anyway, that's a whole other message. But Paul, look at the top. He admonishes the church against laziness. Fill in the first blank. Working is worthy. It's a worthy ambition to work. To work as unto the Lord, not to man. To give him your best. And Lord, the, this landmine of laziness has to be destroyed. Because I would say it clearly, laziness is a sin. It's against that which God has created you and me to be. He has created capacity and ethic within us to work and to work well. And to live on purpose and to live conscientiously. That we're so conscious of other people that we want to serve them well. Working is worthy. Second Thessalonians 3, 7 through 8. Just l- listen to what he says right here in this section. Let me go to verse 6. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not live according to the teaching you receive from us. For you yourselves know how we ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked day and night. He says, well, hey, I, I certainly could expect to be paid for this, but we did this that we might not uh, take advantage of you. But here, working, working is worthy. Paul is all about proclaiming, because to the Greeks, some of them thought work was demeaning. They thought they were above work. Today, we ordain Dave as our newest elder. Did you hear what I called him? A servant leader, a servant shepherd, to be the servant among many. I didn't say, Dave, now that you have title, great are you, Dave, may we bow to you. Dave, now you shepherd us in humility and with kindness. You know, Dave, I I, I won't tell you some of the things about his life, and and maybe over time I'll ask permission, but things that he does behind the scenes is beautiful to Christ. It's one of the reasons I was so drawn to him early on as we were looking and praying and seeking the Lord, beginning to see the character of Christ in this man being a servant among this body and Jesus Christ was glorified, and we will be blessed in his leadership. Pray for Dave in Bethany, and I tell you guys, I've done plenty of warfare series, but I got to tell you, there's a new target on Dave's back, so please pray for my friend. Will you do that, church? Pray for him. Pray that God would protect him and strengthen him in the days ahead. So your work matters to God. There's a great book by Doug Sherman and William Hendricks, and that's the title of it, Your Work Matters to God. And I, and I do believe that your work matters. And a few points here that I thought were good is through our work, we serve people. Through your very work, you serve the needs of other people. You're saying, well, I'm really kind of serving me, and, and you are in a extent in a, you're getting a paycheck. But you serve others, you serve their needs through whatever uh, vocation you do. Secondly, through work, we meet our own needs. And we meet our needs and that God provides for us through that job that we might not mooch, there it is again, mooch off of others. That we might have something to uh, bring to the table because of the efforts and the things that we put into practice and in Christ is honored. Third, through our work we meet our family's needs. Through our work we're able to meet the needs of those that live in our homes, those that are close to us. And it's a beautiful thing and God honors that. The other thing is through our work we earn money to give to others. Through our work We earn money that we might support the local work of the living Christ of the church. We support parachurch ministries. We support charities. We support friends. We support relatives that don't live outside of our home. And all those things come as a result of work. But fifth, through work, listen, this is critical, through work we just love God. So when we do a job, we ought to say, I want to do this job as unto the Lord, not as a busybody, not as an idle person. I want to do, like, one of the professions I love, um, Aaron is up here, this plan um, lead, electric guitar. He's training to be a doctor. He'll graduate here just in a few months. And his whole, whole, his whole life is dedicated to serving the needs of humanity. I'm grateful for that. And then some might be lawyers, and others are engineers, and, and some are teachers, and some are nurses, and some are moms full-time, and some do this and this. And, and what do you do? You, you care for other people, and that is your work. And it it's a blessing to the Lord. It's an offering to the Lord. Just right there on the side, my work is an offering. It helps me to think about the job not so much as the toll and, and the hard parts. I think this is an offering to King Jesus. So what am I going to do with it? Am I going to make it Christ look good? Am I going to make me look good? Am I going to whine? And then I read this, slothfulness is an act of rebellion toward God. Don't be slothful. You, you read through the book of Proverbs, and we'll look at it in a minute. The Proverbs is filled with work ethic. God is in the work. God created work. God rewards work. Do you believe that, church? Martin Luther, tremendous theologian years ago, said, The maid who sweeps her kitchen is doing the will of God just as much as the monk who prays, not because she may sing a Christian hymn as she sweeps, but because God loves clean floors. I love that. God's in the cleanliness. Now, don't quote me and say, What verse is that, Pastor? It's not a verse, okay, it's a concept. And God loves it when we do whatever we're doing, whatever menial task or supreme task, when we do that to the Lord, he is magnified. Isn't that why we gather that we might magnify King Jesus, that Jesus becomes greater, that we focus on him, that worthy is he? And worthy is not me, but worth it, worship. He's worthy. Oh, King Jesus, help us to run to you. The Christian shoemaker Uh, does their christian duty not by putting little crosses on their shoes but by making good shoes god is interested in good craftsmanship i wish so many people in america automotive industries and others would take that to heart how about you have you ever had one of those cars and went who in the rip you probably didn't say rip who made this vehicle you ever had a vehicle that came apart in your hand and you went glory to god you did not and you ever had one that just lasted and lasted and you're like that was a they must have built that on a monday or a tuesday you're saying pastor i think i got all the ones on friday they were like trying to head off at the a weekend they wanted a paycheck and it was shoddy man poor craftsmanship does not glorify jesus christ amen and so you're going man you're tough no jesus is tough Jesus is into this work thing, working, filled in, working as a witness, and that's what I've just been trying to elaborate, and I've been trying to pontificate on, as I told you last weekend, been just trying to fill you up with that thing, and man, my work matters to the Father, my work is, is a living witness for Christ, it makes a difference, and he says, so he says but that you might be an example to emulate, that you might be a model to follow. That, that's what he says. The New Testament places strong emphasis on imitating leaders. So we must be worthy of emulation. And when you lead your home, you must be worthy when you serve in the marketplace, when you serve whatever. You need to be an example. And So I got to thinking about how important our example is. So I got a couple of verses. Write them down. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. Join with others in following my example. Paul just says, You know, be like me, imitate me here, but but join me in this. And then the next one is 1 Peter 5, 3. Not lording it over those who are entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock. And that's our job as Christians, is that we're an example one to the other in the house of faith, outside the house of faith, in our home, wherever we find ourselves, Jesus be greater. Jesus let us be less but not working I think I could build a case scripturally not working is just wicked when you are physically mentally able to work you should work but work gives meaning work gives joy work is from the father work is good I talk to a lot of people that retire and so many of them go man that's all I've been doing I've been living to retire but they're usually not the happiest people the other one's like I've retired now that I might do another thing. Maybe I volunteer now, but there's another vocation. There's something else that Christ has got me for. It's not just to sit on the front porch and rock till Jesus comes. That's kind of like those people I told you about a minute ago from the 1800s. They just all quit what they were doing. And you're saying, but, but pastor, have you seen my 401K? Have you seen my retirement? Have you seen my pensions? I'm rich. Well, praise God. Let us know in the offering too, okay? But, but that's, that's not going to cut it, man. Listen, there, uh, just write down this thought here. Don't be a moocher. <laughs> I had to work it in. I've said it like four times now. Some of you are like, that's all I'm going to mirror. What would your pastor preach about today? Don't be a moocher. Buy your own lunch. Quit eating off my plate. Get your own plate. Just a concept. Well, I mean, I heard somebody out there talking. I don't know, man. This is funny. Uh, is, is there a quote going to come up by Dorothy Sayers? I, I got a quote from a person. Is that going to come up? Maybe it's not. Well, I'll read it to you. Uh, I thought it was good. Work is a natural exercise and function of man. Work is not primarily a thing one does to live, but the thing that one lives to do. It is or should be the full expression of the worker's faculties, the thing in which he finds spiritual, mental, and bodily satisfaction, and the medium in which he offers himself or herself to God. You take the faculty, the capacity, the gifts that you have, And you make an offering you know romans says the lord says present yourself as a living sacrifice to the lord present yourself as a living offering to the lord there's only one problem with living offerings you bring them and they crawl off if y'all came in here with your living offerings and sacrifices to the lord like doves and lambs and stuff and they weren't dead they would just crawl out of this room you go that is weird but the Lord says, you're living, you have, you, have my, you have my breath, you have my spirit, and you present yourself daily, hour by hour, as a witness for Christ, that you might have something to contribute to the greater good. So this whole thing is like, uh, I, I remember I was standing out here several months ago one day, and this guy came up, and we have people that come out here, and sometimes they steal stuff, and, uh, and sometimes they work for stuff, and a lot of times they just show up. Now, the guy one time that showed up three times in the Jaguar, I was starting to have a problem. I don't have a Jaguar. You got a Jaguar? And he kept coming for a handout. And I kept saying, there's something wrong with this picture. Like, bro, you, you know, you need a budget class, but you don't, you don't need our money. But there was a guy that came here a few months ago. Really touched me. guy was having a really hard time. And he, he, he wanted some things. But as soon as he started, he said this. He goes, Pastor, I'm not usually like this, but I need some help. He says, but what can I do? I got, some, I got some tools, I can come back, I can work, I can do this. And I'm thinking, man, where are your friends at? Go get them. Because usually, you know, they come out here. So th- this guy, he, he had his dignity intact, and he wanted that. And it, it was beautiful. And sometimes you have that. So sometimes, you know, you want to leave stuff so people can, can do that. And other things, you're saying, man, where are those people? I, I want to call them over to my house. Okay. We'll start a 1-800 number out here, all right? But here in the Scripture, he, he tells them to here, though, look there in verse 10. For even when we were with you we gave you this rule if a man will not work he shall not eat and some people look at that and go keith that is that is harsh pastor jesus this is words of scripture this is people that have the the ability to, to work to provide and they choose not to that's what i think he's talking about if they're uh, if they're not inclined to work because of disposition <laughs> because they're lazy then hey don't feed them but man if, if they're able to or, or they're, they're, they're not, they don't have the ability to do that, absolutely. You do everything you can for them. You bless them. We created a thing in our small group that night. We did blessing bags. Our whole small group that night was being missional, and we've invited our church to be missional. So we've been talking and praying about it, and we built 36 blessing bags the night full of socks and band-aids and uh, uh, goods and food and water and just all kind of things and it had gospel tracking and all this stuff and it was just to go out and to give to people as you meet them in the community or people are having a hard time there was just something to be a blessing to somebody else i thought man that's that's good so we're I, i want you to hear the heart of this church is to be merciful and the church said hey man we want to help people that are down and having a hard time man if i don't how dare i say i love god and i could care less about my neighbor that religion is worthless so idle believers are, are a burden he says here um i remember I, I learned to work when i was young my dad we had a lawnmower he says got a lawnmower go to work all right, all right so i cut our yard i used to cut it like twice a week we had this big yard and it was, it was this Zorgia grass if you know anything about zoysia it's like the thickest grass known to man so you had to cut it twice a week or if you cut it once a week you just couldn't cut it so i'd cut the yard had a nice yard and then dad said well hey you, you want some money? I said, Yeah, Dad, give me some money. He goes, Got a more. And my dad's always, We got a more. Like, Whoa, we got a more. What is that about? He goes, You can push it. So a, as a kid, I used to push my lawnmower all over Dalreda with my little gas can, and I would knock on people's doors, and I would cut yards. Now, I know some of y'all are going to think, How old is he? And I am not lying about this. I was making $3 and $4 a yard. You're going. Some of you say, I wouldn't even get out of bed for that, man. For you, You're dumb. And I remember when I got my first five-dollar yard, I came home and told my mom, I said, I'm rich. Got five dollars. And, and I would, so you could watch me in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the late 60s, early 70s, you could watch me run up. Actually, Donna, she used to, after we'd gotten married, I still wasn't cutting grass, you know, professionally. And, uh, and, uh, and um, one time we were having this work project and some of the kids said, that Keith he's crazy he runs with a lawnmower and when I was younger I would I like I didn't like self-propelled then because it wasn't fast enough and I would just like run with that puppy because the faster you could get through you can make money you see what I'm saying but here why don't I tell you that story I started learning work ethic as a, as a young man that was good it didn't hurt me matter of fact if it did anything it put money in my pocket and I, I like it. some of you're like well hey get me a job okay well hey we'll try to help you but hey there's some things out there for you so here he just talks about the commander-in-chief, the Lord Jesus Christ, over the armies of heaven, ordering us to, to work. And to work is unto the Lord. And not to be a busybody. I don't know about busybodies. They, what do they do? They, they criticize. They grumble. They whine. They complain. They're tiresome. They don't get anything done. They meddle. They keep people from getting things done. You're saying, well, man, I used to be one of those. I'm glad you're not now. And if we're not workers, we're shirkers. We just shirk off our responsibility. In Galatians 6, 9, listen to this verse. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Scripture's full of admonitions. Work unto the Lord so that you might reap. It's an eternal law of the kingdom of God. You reap that which you sow. Do you believe that, church? You do. And when you work, man, you just tend to reap the benefits of it. So the, word, the Lord has created us that way, and I'm thankful for that. But let me give you three principles from the Proverbs. Remember, working hard is first a mindset, and so is laziness. You could just go, my let's pick on your brother if you've got a brother. My brother is lazy, and I am not. Well, that's, that's not good. You could just say, my mindset is, I'm a worker. I'm faithful. I'm persistent. I'm steadfast. But my sister is she didn't get much done. She just wants me to take care of her. My sister just wants to mooch. Well, here it is. Just, you could read these, and I'm not going to go through all of them for sake of time, but just the Proverbs begins to build, this uh, Proverbs ten five: He who gathers crops in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps during harvest is disgraceful. The, the scripture's talking about you sleep all the time. Man, you're a bandit. You're, you're robbing people. Man, you have to be, it's just not healthy. You want to go to work, and you're like, man. You must have talked to my mom and dad years ago man that's all they do talk about work 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 they go get a mindset boy girl get a mindset look at the second one be honest with your employer about how much you work if you're lazily collecting a paycheck that's stealing don't be thinking okay how little work can i do but how much work can i accomplish is that a good word church what would happen in america if we woke up tomorrow and people just got passionate about working I think things would change how many of you, you you ever been to a store i almost said a store don't want to say a store don't want you upset i'll let you put it fill in your own blank you ever walked in a store and there's a i walked into one recently and there were eight people behind the register they were high-fiving and they were doing this and they were telling stories and i stood there and finally one of i said do you need help and i'm thinking oh boy, you just don't know, I wanted to quote scripture, I wanted to breathe fire, I wanted to go, no, I just came over here because my wife said, get out of the house, and I just wanted to come over here for an outing. I almost said the name of the store, that would have been simple. Okay, but, um, but no, man, it's like, okay, and then and they began to help, and I just, I'm like, man, what is this? Do, do y'all think America's lost some of its work ethic? Boy, I do. I mean, how many of you like getting on the phone, and they transfer you to another person, they transfer you to another one, and another one, and another one, and an hour later, you're going, there ain't nothing happening yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I could, you're like, Keith, I could tell you stories. Please don't tell me. I got my own. They already frustrate me, okay? <laughs> so be honest about how much you work. Man, be faithful. Work hard. Uh, Proverbs 38 through 9, keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of the Lord. But Lord, give me my daily bread. You're saying, well, I don't know about the daily bread stuff, but Lord, give me something. Look at three. Lazy people often assume that others owe them a handout, whether they've worked hard or not. Don't fall into the entitlement mentality. You're not entitled to something. Work. I mean, it's all... This thing's a, 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 I don't want you to think we, we have a work-based faith, because we don't. It's all about grace. But God wants us to work, and he wants us to work hard. And he wants us to work to him. And I love, I've love. i always loved this particular verse. Write it down, Proverbs 6.6. 6. And you can go this afternoon and watch it and see if it's true. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. Have you ever got down there on the ground and just looked at the ants, how hard they work? I mean, them dudes, man, they're d- dudes. I don't make Dudettes, dudes, whatever they are. I, I remember as a kid and still as a, as a grown man, when I'm out cutting the grass and, and there's an ant pile, and don't send me emails about, oh, pa- Pastor, you massacred him. I did. I just murdered him. Okay. And, and, and I get a Lawnmower and ants are gone. I think it's so cool. But then when I come back around the next lap, ants are everywhere and they're, and they're doing their thing and they're building and building and building. And, building. and if you come back about two hours later, them dudes have got it done. And you're like, you're a fool. I just read the Word of God to you. It says, consider the ant. God knew that I would have an ant-sized brain, and, and so would you. And he wanted us to consider the ant about how hard they work and how diligent. Some of you are like, I'm going to find an ant policy if that's true. Well, let me just tell you something. If you're that dumb, don't put your foot in it, okay? <sighs> if you're a lazy person, you tend toward laziness in certain areas of your life. If if, if you just know today, if somebody's ever called you lazy, confess it to the Lord and ask him to forgive you and give you a new heart. Because the Lord just wants to turn us around. Oh, God, help us. Control us by your Holy Spirit, abandoning laziness that we might have more of the Spirit. Lord, show me how to work. One of the things I love about our student pastor, Blake, loves to work, but he loves to teach students to work. We have a lot of kids that are learning about air conditioning and stuff, and Blake teaches them. And what he's doing is really discipling them through his life. But what's beautiful is, and some of them are like, and and one day he trained somebody, and they went and got a job with competition. I don't know about that one. I I guess Blake's going to have to start signing non-compete clauses when he's discipling. I don't know. Just thinking, no, I'm kidding. I love his heart. It's about, man, how can I help the students be more? Matter of fact, I'm just curious. I probably should have checked my data before I came here. How many of you students have worked for Blake over the last year? Just raise your hands. Oh, that's right! They're over there working right now. They're changing out air conditioners. No, they're out. They're over there working right now with our uh, with our children. Man, great example. Would have been better if they'd been in the house. Okay, here we go. I looked over there. I was like, Why is somebody raising their hand? Because like every time I turn around, there's a kid running out. Hey, Blake's gonna let me drive his truck. I'm like, Oh, Jesus, help him right now! I'm praying for you. Okay. All right. Ask the Spirit just to make you a hard worker for God. Begin to look at some of the Proverbs and memorize them. Say, Lord, may I hide your word in my heart that I won't sin against you. Trust God to help you overcome bad habits. Just have a lifestyle of diligence. Lord, I want to pursue you. I want to be about spiritual things. And then I love where the scripture says, Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. So that's the whole case this morning is that we're just trying to build up diligent, faithful workers of the gospel and in our very lives that Christ is somehow honored to a new level. And people will somehow look at your your witness through your work and go, there's something different about you. There's a a passion in you and the quality in which you do your job that I'm attracted to. And I want to do that. I want to follow after that. Uh, Lord, help us to become those kind of people. Move move on down here with me. Down there, he, he begins to move down to verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. I, Paul, write this greeting in my own hand, which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters. This is how I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Paul intended through his ministry to draw people closer to Jesus, not closer to himself. And he pointed to Christ. So this whole case this morning is our not being idle, not being a busybody, not being a moocher, draws us closer to Christ that we can point others to the Son of the living God. Lord, we want to be faithful. That's what I ask that we do. The message truth, look there in the block at the very bottom. Your life is to be a contribution And feel as pleasure as you make your offering you know that's what I hope I hope that this week somewhere in your work week you can feel pleasure in that which you do man if you're washing dishes do it to the glory of Christ if you're solving mechanical problems do it to the glory of Christ if you're doing an engineering deal do it to the glory of Christ if you're teaching students do it to the glory of Christ if you're selling to people, do it with ethics. Amen? Don't say, well, I'm going to rip them off so I can give them more money. No, 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 no. You kind of miss the principle here. If you're taking care of babies or you're, you're, you're in the hospital or you're doing whatever, man, do it to honor Christ. And yet have that joyful anticipation that Christ will come again. But also have that daily balance that while, the, while Christ tarries and he, and he hasn't come yet, Help me to do it unto the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, it's good to be with your kids and to be able to speak your word this morning. And Lord, I pray that we would be diligent followers of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the amazing workers in this room, young and old, that are such an example of your craftsmanship and your handiwork and your workmanship and your son. I thank you for the people that reflect well the jobs that they do. And Lord, I know when I speak a message like that, there could be some that go, you know, Pastor, I'm, I'm a little busybody. I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes idle and I'm slothful and I'm not very good, but I'm confessing to God today, I, I want to have a new start. I want my work, I want whatever I do to reflect Christ because he's the one that's worthy. Lord, I love you. And I pray that you just cry out for Jesus to meet you where you are today. Jesus is here, and he cares. In the name of Christ, amen. We're going to walk out, and I just it just hit me. Uh, I did two funerals, as I told you last week, and I did it one Tuesday and one Thursday. And then when I did Tuesday, I was in a little Methodist church out in Titus, Alabama, in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, man, the place was packed, standing room only, people out on the sidewalk, parked everywhere for my brother-in-law. And uh, when I was studying this week, I just kept thinking about my brother-in-law, Ed. Man, Don, I'll tell you, he was a great worker. He was a brilliant. He was an electrical engineer, graduate of Auburn, worked for the power company, did very well. But whatever he did, he just worked it hard. He worked it well, and he would teach others. So as, as we, they brought him out of the, down the steps of the church to bury him, I, I went over and I just went. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Enter your rest, for you've been a blessing. Isn't that what you want said at your service one day? Oh, man, she was awesome. Man, she knew how to cook. She, he knew how to do this. They were great. You don't want to go, I don't know. They were a bum. There was nothing worthy. Christ is worthy. Hey, y'all go have a great afternoon and get ready to wear your shorts later this week.